a long time ago on a spinner rack far, far away. The Comic Book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics, exploring Marvel's licensed sci-fi and fantasy during the Star Wars period. Episode 75, Ben's Bullpen Bulletin for July 1978, featuring Machine Man and Devil Dinosaur in their fourth issues. Hello once more, time travelers, it's me, Ben. Ben Avery, I'm here to wrap up this month of coverage of the July 1978 cover date stuff that Marvel produced that was licensed and and not original with them. Although today we're going to talk about two comics that really are part of the proper Marvel universe uh, and not just licensed to be uh, comics that they publish So let's get started with this segment, and we're going to start this segment off with Machine Man. And the I'm just going to keep keep it going with the whole Michael Giacchino thing. Uh, What was I listening to when I read Machine Man that was by Michael Giacchino? I listened to the Tomorrowland soundtrack, which makes sense because it's uh, living robots, Machine Man, and then that little girl robot, uh, living in not just the near future, but what I want to call the now future. The future is now. And it worked. It it, it was nice. Tomorrowland, great soundtrack. Definitely feels like Michael Giacchino is is kind of just channeling John Williams and and what he's doing there. It's great. I I really, really enjoyed the soundtrack. In fact, as soon as I saw the movie, I went home and bought the soundtrack. It was just that, that good. I liked it that much. So this issue, Machine Man number four, is entitled Battle on a Busy Street and cover date July 1978, on sale date April 1978, cover price 35 cents, like all the comics we've been talking about this issue, this this uh, month. Uh, the story, uh, the editor is Jack Kirby, the writer, the penciler is Jack Kirby, the inker and letterer is Mike W. Royer, and the colorist is Petra Scotes. And so... Yeah, just quickly, in a nutshell, the the soldiers that were chasing after Machine Man, they end up battling the alien that Machine Man brought when he rescued that alien from falling into the sun. And Machine Man, he has to repair himself from the alien's attack. And once he does, he rushes to help and he comes too late. The battle's done. And... He he wants to help, but there's all these soldiers patched up and they're they got their arms in slings, they've got bandages on their heads. He still wants to help. He runs into the city, but the calls to kill the machine man make him once more feel like a cast off, like a lesser being. He's just a hunk of metal. Then he has a vision of his father, and f- that forces him to confront is he more than just metal? And I would suggest that because he's having a vision of his father. Uh, and having this moral debate that yes, he, he is more than that, but he doesn't recognize that. He just thinks it's, you know, electronic impulses in his electronic brain that's being brought back into light. And, and, but no, it's imagination. 
he, it's imagination. He, he's more than just a machine if he's able to imagine. So he ends up, you know, choosing to go into battle. He actually rips off his face and throws it away and then brings it and puts it back on. And he goes into the city and goes into the battle with uh, 10 4. Again, it's spelled T E N, like the number F O R, like it's four something, uh, not F O U R, like the number. So it is, it's kind of weird. But um, he. He fights him. They go into battle. There's some nice Kirby moments. There's actually a moment where he teleports himself. And that has some nice Kirby um, ideas to it. And as far as the way he does line work and and makes it look like there's a flash of light and the passage of time as well. This, you know, Kirby, it feels like he's doing some experimentation here. The battle ends with 10-4 taking control of the people on a city street before Machine Man is able to send him back through the dimensional portal or whatever it was that he used to bring him there. Those people will get sucked in with him. And we saw it last issue. We saw things from the, the room where they were, the phone and stuff like that, getting pulled in as they were pulled in as well to this portal. And so uh, not only can uh, machine man not do anything about that? Ten um, four has called the fleet. He's called in his, his brother machine guys to come. And so the fleet's coming. The bad guys are coming and you want that idea of space. It's pretty easy when you have an invading alien from space, summoning through space, his other invading alien buddies, from space there's a lot of space stuff going on here there's also a lot of kind of cool kirby dialogue where um when they see the bad guy monster alien in the streets someone says either that bird's an ad for a new science fiction movie or there's a comics convention in town and it's just kind of that just struck me as funny so yeah so you have some ideas going on here there's no essay this time uh, but there's the vision of his father as he debates if he's human or machine or what proves that he's more than machine. And then the machine itself that comes across uh, that fights machine, man, it is a machine being. It's not it doesn't seem to have any kind of fleshy alien bits to him. He's just a 100 percent machine. And this machine is saying, oh, I've I've heard of robots like you that serve, you know, fleshy beings or whatever. And so there, there's some ideas. He, he He's still trying to play with these ideas. And I really appreciate what Jack Kirby is trying to do. He's trying to do a superhero adventure story with subtle ideas about what it means to be a person. And, and I, I appreciate that as much as he's doing all the bombastic artwork stuff that's just kind of big and broad and, you know, dynamic. He's trying to do subtle human sci-fi stories with it. And you got to you got to respect that you got to respect that he's not just resting on his laurels. Uh, Oh, in place of the essay, uh, there's an ad for uh, half page for Robert E. Howard and his three characters call Conan and Red Sonja. And then there's another half page ad underneath that for Edgar Rice Burroughs and Tarzan and john carter that was kind of cool and then it says next issue for one breathless horrifying moment earth's only shield against holocaust is the non-hero and i'm just gonna place some money on it right now i'm guessing the non-hero is machine man i don't know 
So I will say this. There's a collection coming of Machine Man comics. And if I was reading these because I borrowed them from someone, I would purchase that collection. But since I'm not, I'm reading issues I already have. I don't think I'm going to find myself wanting to have you know Machine Man on my shelf necessarily next to my Devil Dinosaur omnibus. Speaking of my Devil Dinosaur omnibus, which came out in 2000. Seven, I think, and that was the last time I read it. And there's still some memorable things, and the memorable things came from this issue and next. Uh, this is Devil Dinosaur number four, and the title is Object in the Sky. And again, editor Jack Kirby, writer, penciler Jack Kirby, inker and letterer Mike W. Royer, and the colorist is Petra Scotes. And in this issue, um, Moonboy. Uh, dreams of unspeakable Kirby drawn horrors. And they are Kirby, you know, multi-dimensional beings made of space and blackness and eyeballs and stuff. And they're attacking. And he wakes up to find that a thing has dropped from the sky. It's a UFO with technologically advanced aliens. And they're going to do some experiments or something. And they plan to kill or capture everything in the area. And they, they uh, actually end up, coming into conflict with devil dinosaur knock him unconscious and under some rocks and moon boys captured and other people from the tribe are captured and other people from the tribe are killed. And actually I, I'm surprised, you know, considering this was meant to be like a Saturday morning cartoon concept, there's a lot of dead dinosaurs shown and even some, some dead tribes, people, uh, the cave people. And so, uh, two of the tribesmen, uh, Stonehand and white hairs, they escape and they try to help Devil Dinosaur so that he can fight the aliens. Uh, now, of course, Devil Dinosaur, he don't need no help getting revived. He gets up and he, he fights. And with Stonehand's help, they actually take down and kill one of the aliens. And then these two cavemen, they follow Devil Dinosaur. And he has a plan. And his plan is to go to the Tower of Death. <laughs> And next issue, apparently they go to the Tower of Death. It says, don't miss the shattering climax. It's the hairiest trip ever. Yeah, you heard me right. I said, it's the hairiest trip ever. Uh, I just don't have a very hip vocabulary from the 70s, apparently. But that meant something. <laughs> and it says the title will be Journey to the Center of the Ants. I remember reading about ants when I read John Carter last whatever, you know, seven, six years ago. So uh, I will throw this out there. Um, when they kill the alien, Devil Dinosaur stomps on the alien and the sound effects are bonk, bonk, bonk. Um, I felt like I was in, you know, reading this, I, I feel like I'm in the middle of that, that episode of Star Trek where all the kids are, you know, they, they don't let any adults and, and there's, there's the disease where they're all like bonk, 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 bonk. It's really scary and intimidating, but in this comic book, it feels kind of childish, especially weird considering you just saw all these you know dead and dying dinosaurs. But the other thing I noticed was kind of how this ties into the Godzilla here that we were talking about or that I was talking about anyway, uh, the idea of survival and that survival instinct that I talked about when I was getting on my my uh, my high horse or my my soapbox or whatever. It's, it's here in full force, but they are surviving in community and it's community that allows them to survive better. And so I just found that interesting. Then there is an essay in this one 
And the essay, uh, just a couple choice quotes here. Uh, the essay is called Dinosaurs as Devils and Moon Boys as Primitives. And in it, Jack Kirby complains about the caricature of dinosaurs being uh, instant and constant enemies. And then he says, my guess is that every living creature is capable of an intelligent and compassionate move. Yes, even a man-eating shark has been known to release its prey for reasons unknown to us. Ask any scuba diver who still treasures his foot, despite the ugly teeth marks still in his skin. And uh, Jack Kirby, I know you're no longer here that I, I can't write to you a letter in response to this. But, dude, I don't think the shark is letting go of the scuba diver because he's feeling compassion for his lunch. And he really actually does. Uh, Jack Kirby seems to be arguing against my Godzilla rant about animals and humans. He says, we reserve humanity only for ourselves and see little or no reflection of it in other creatures. And I was just talking about how there is a difference between us and animals. And there's more, but, you know, the book's available. You have to get the book. Anyway, uh, reading this, this is definitely absolutely a continuation of the ideas and thoughts that Kirby was having in 2001. And reading this made me want to go back and read some of those again. And I probably will soon. I did just I did just dig them out. So ads in this issue invite you to grow muscles. Ads in this issue invite you to ride Parker Rider skateboards by Nash. Uh, they invite you to satisfy your meat tooth with Slim Jim. It's the one with the vampire. They invite you to introduce grit to friends and neighbors and get prizes. They invite you to win free bikes and burgers and candy bars with Sugar Daddy and Sugar Babies and Sugar Mama. I didn't even know there was such a thing as a candy called Sugar, sugar Mama. All I'll say about that is it can't be worse than Sugar Daddies. Those are the stupidest candy ever. It's just hard to chew caramel on a stick. Hated it. Hate it to this day. It's sticking your teeth. You're trying. Ah, dumb, dumb candy. Actually, dum-dums are a real candy, but um, you know what I mean. Anyway, uh, they invite you to buy Marvel Comics or also buy a really awesome looking Marvel pad of paper featuring the classic model art of the superheroes and their headshots. They invite you to get pizzazz, which still looks pretty unexciting. And they say that it's exciting and cool. And they actually, in this one, they invite you to join this gamble. You can get six months with your favorite comic if you don't love pizzazz. That's great. Uh, there are flea market pages, including uh, one in the flea market page. There's one ad for a weekly newspaper co for comic book fans called The Buyer's Guide. Uh, Spider-Man meets the home wrecker in the hostess ad. Now I thought that Madam Webb, who was just throwing herself at Spider-Man, was really the home wrecker, if you know what I mean. But uh this home wrecker is a guy who actually has a wrecking ball and he's actually wrecking literal homes. And <laughs> it's kind of you know, only in a hostess ad. And then there's Rick Barry Rick Barry and Dr. J um shilling in a comic book form for uh, basketballs. Uh, some other Marvel-related upcoming books, The Beatles. Uh, Marvel Super Special number four tells the story of the Beatles from the beginning to the final breakup. Uh, Archie Goodwin this month, he's leaving as editor-in-chief to focus on writing, and Jim Shooter is taking over as the editor. 
Um, Amazing Spider-Man is going to be a regular primetime show along with Incredible Hulk. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man didn't last as long as Man from Atlantis, I'll say. And they also mentioned that uh, Savage Submariner is in the works as a TV show. And then the Doctor Strange special will be airing soon. Um, Savage Submariner in the works, I'm sorry to say, not for long considering what happened with Man from Atlantis. That's one thing I do know. Man from Atlantis kind of killed any <laughs> any momentum on uh, Submariner TV show. And then I found this interesting. One of the items on the bullpen bulletin was uh, they talk about the controversy is still rife over the pronunciation of the leader of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Is it Magneto or Magneto? And, and they say even Stan can't remember his intentions. Finally, there is an ad for a, a, a four-page ad for a Clark Bar uh, a Clark Bar contest. And man, this is the kind of thing that oh, if you won, oh, I'd be so jealous. First page, huge letters. Stop the presses. It's the famous Clark Bar superhero sweepstakes. And there's a hand punching through the page holding a Clark Bar. And then uh, there's there's the picture of Spider-Man getting ready to shoot webs with Hulk standing behind him with his hand gently on his shoulder as if to say, hey, buddy, we're in this together. And behind that is a smiling thing in Captain America and Red Sonia with her sword. She's there. She's not smiling. She looks pretty vicious. Um, that's weird. But anyway, it says you could win a trip to Gotham and appear in a superhero comic book. Be a winner all year round with rappers from famous Clark bars. And okay, it says all you characters out there, here's your big chance to be a real character, comic book style. You don't have to buy anything or do anything. It's a male us, the famous Clark Bar Superhero Sweepstakes, entry blank with your name and address. To find out what could be in it for you, just read on. First prize. First prize is they will take you to New York City, you and your family, to New York City and back. Stay there for three days, two nights, all expenses paid. Get a tour of the Marvel Comics offices so an artist can draw you into an upcoming issue of your favorite Marvel comic book. And you can see the Statue of Liberty, take boat rides, boat rides. And when your comic book adventure is published, we'll send you 15 copies for your family and friends. They'll be proud to know a famous person like you. Second prize is uh, you'll get your own famous superhero watch. You can pick from Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Spider-Man, or the Joker. Swiss made would normally sell for $19.95 to $23.95. This is quite a deal. Third prize, 103rd prize winners. They'll send you a year's subscription of your favorite DC or Marvel comic book. Incredible Hulk, Ms. Marvel, Green Lantern, Thor, Justice Society, Captain America, Red Sonja, Plastic Man, Wonder Woman, you name it, even little Lulu. So if you find your so find yourself a pen or pencil, fill the entry blank, and mail it by November 1st, 1978. And then be a winner all year round. There's an order blank where you can get stuff with uh you you have to have wrappers and money, kind of like what they did with uh Bazooka Joe Bubblegum. You can get Frisbees with Batman, Superman, or Spider-Man. There's flashlights with Superman, Batman, Robin, Wonder Woman. And there's superhero stickers. The one that's on the front actually has a um, Shazam, Shazam Captain Marvel character on there. But um, there's a super kite with Spider-Man on it. And super parachutes with Superman, Batman, or Spider-Man. Radio-controlled vehicle, Batmobile, or Spider-Man's car. The Batman utility belt or the Spider-Man utility belt. 
Uh, it's all toys. I've seen a lot of these toys, actually. I think my friend, or my cousin, rather, had the Superman lamp. I'm not sure, but you can get Batman, Wonder Woman, or Superman. It's interesting because this is definitely split down the middle. This is a Marvel and DC thing. But, um, yeah, wow. What a thing. What a What a contest. What a country, as they say. Anyway, that wraps up this month, and I appreciate you listening and, and sticking with me here to uh, talk about these Marvel comics, and I'm enjoying myself reading them, so I'm going to continue reading them. And next month, uh, I'll be doing the same thing. Star Wars, Human Fly, Man from Atlantis. We'll see what happens with that. And, yeah, so I guess really at this point, uh, the only thing I can think of to say is thank you for listening and then of course no matter who you are no matter where you are no matter where you're going i just want to wish you godspeed thanks for listening to the comic book time machines marvel's cosmic comics feed you can find more discussion of many, many more comics like Superman and Spider-Man, What Ifs and Elseworlds, The Six Million Dollar Man and Batman, comics seven days old and seven decades old, on our main feed, which you can find on iTunes or at comicbooktimemachine.com. We'd also love it if you join us on Facebook at facebook.com or on Twitter, where we are at Comic Time. Next episode, Star Wars issue number 14, as we begin coverage of the next month, The Sound of Armageddon.